0: Welcome to What's On Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode.
1: We brought um, two phenomenal young men in behind the mic, too, and I must say, I have sat with many great people who have done great things, but there's probably not been something that is so um, precious to me and important to me where I feel so honored.
0: Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your soul. soul, Hi,
1: this is Mia. I'm so glad to be back on the What's on Your Soul podcast, uh, a figurative approach to sitting on the front porch and talking about those things that we see from different perspectives. With different emotion and we do a deep dive on emotional and mental wellness so that we bring clarity to the things we see in our everyday life but give it a little bit more depth and understanding we are uh, beyond privileged today and i know i say this all the time but it just gets better and better With the guests that sit with us. So we have a repeat guest that we just did in a previous episode. Uh, We have a police officer who, again, has given her time graciously to sit with us and to provide education and understanding and help us have clarity on the cost of being a police officer, uh, especially in light of everything that is going on presently in our world. The cost to them individually Uh, And then to provide clarity on exactly what it is that we are seeing within our world in the context of police officers. And so, again, we say thank you in advance. Now, this time, it's going to get even a little bit better on this episode because we've brought um, two phenomenal young men in behind the mic, too. And I must say, I have sat with many great people who have done great things, but there's probably not been something that is so um, precious to me and important to me where I feel so honored. So today I have um, Trey Bowers with me. Hi, Trey.
2: Hey, how are you? Thank great. you for Great, how are me. you?
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's tell a little bit about Trey, then Trey will tell a little bit about himself. <laughs> uh, I've known Trey since he was about three years old, and now, Trey, how old are you?
2: I'm currently 21 years old, and I'll be 22 at the end of the month. Yeah. So that's
1: weird, because I'm exactly the same age that I was when he was three. <laughs> right. That's weird how that happens, but we'll talk about that on another episode. But um, So Trey is now a grown young man, and Trey, um, did you just graduate?
2: I did. I just graduated um, from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: And what were you doing over there in Morehouse?
2: So, I mean, I, was, I currently have a degree in economics with a minor in political science, but I was also the student body president um, for my senior year at Morehouse.
1: So you are just slumming? Yeah. <laughs> no.
2: Um, it was definitely, it was just, I mean, that's the, that was the basis of what I did, the very foundation. I did more, but, you know, being the student body president, um, trying to really make change, bringing um, a new restaurant, several new restaurants to the campus, obviously re- re- renovating our on-campus library, just some of the stuff that I was able to do um, while I was there.
1: And then in the midst of your year, you, there was a disruption or interruption right, right. before um, you fully graduated.
2: We had uh, COVID-19, the oh, pandemic. Oh, COVID-19, um, yes. It, and actually, the way it worked out at Morehouse and the AUC, we were actually on spring break when it happened. Um, and then in my role, being the student body president, talking to the president um, and letting us know that we had another week of spring break coming up uh, to physically move out students, get them off campus so like they wouldn't have people come back from a different area and probably bring whatever virus they could bring with them um so it's communicating that but then my work started there i feel like because i also had to change the grading policy um for a plus plus fail a pass fail option to make
1: provision for the disruption
2: Um, to keep it to keep a fairness about the 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 space so people wouldn't feel like oh i'm in a different environment i don't have the resources that i need um to be able to continue learning and being able to do my best work so that was really what i had to do during that period of time just a little
1: something something yeah we did a drive-by celebration for trey a couple weeks ago and that was pretty cool so i'm very proud of him uh and it is just the beginning and um I'm going to introduce this other young man, and then I'm going to tell you some thoughts, too. So this other other young man sitting with me, his I'll let you tell you, him tell you his name. What is your name? I'm Donovan Embryo. Oh, we uh, have the same yeah. last name. All right. So Donovan is my son. He is my youngest son, and he and Trey um, have grown up together in some ways. They've known each other. They were both the same age. So that's how, and so Donovan, I'm going to take a monumental leap and assume that that means possibly that you graduated this May as well?
3: I did, I did. I went to the University of Oklahoma and I got a bachelor's in electrical engineering.
1: And so what are you going to do now?
3: I'm going to be working in Oklahoma City for Northrop Grumman, um, so defense contracting and uh, as an aviation engineer, so pretty looking forward to that. Um, The pandemic has kind of changed things up, but I still think that um, I'm still excited for that.
1: Right, and so one of the privileges that we've had in this space, I know that this moment with the pandemic has been very stressful for a lot of people in a lot of different ways unexpected ways some people have never been (laughs) with their families locked up in that way Um, and so what was came to the top and they've dealt with that for me and for our family a particular blessing was that we enjoyed having our young adult children here and realized it was a moment that we would not have ordinarily gotten. And although it was stressful, and we were disappointed um, for Donovan that he didn't have like a formal graduation ceremony and all that, we were able to repurpose it and make it into greatness. And so it has been a pleasure to have him here and we will miss him when he goes, but I think it's important that he goes and that he gets his life going um, in spite of everything that's going on in the world. And so we're just grateful for having that time and then we get to do a podcast together with he and Trey. And they probably would be somewhere, I don't know, they'd be in another country or doing some kind of internship or something Definitely, crazy yeah. right now other than sitting here with us. So we're grateful. I think this moment was intentional and we want to take advantage of it. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to take a great, uh, quick break and then come right back because this is going to be deep and uh, it's going to be something you don't want to miss. We'll be right back.
0: More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia in the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M I A M B R O H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of What's on Your Souls.
1: Okay, we're back on the porch, so I will ask Trey and Donovan and our special guests. Everybody have your shoes off, your soles upturned, so you can see what you have on the bottom of them. We're going to do real talk here, because otherwise it's pointless to waste people's time if we're not going to go deep and go true, all right? So the first thing I want to ask, i will start with Trey. Trey, what um, has the world felt like for you since the interruption with the virus and then everything that ensued after that so for a young man that was just owning it you know going through college probably had some idea in your head about what that was going to look like where you're going to be right after graduation and then those things didn't happen this is a great analogy for everyone listening what was the pivot on that for you
2: Um, So the first thing I feel like, you know, uh, being a person that was very busy, it was just the slow down um, of life. Um, Really thinking like, okay, now I don't have to necessarily get up and get going every day.
1: Did you come home?
2: Um, I did come home. Um, So after spring break, went my they came to take my little sister up she lived on campus so they took me with her came back home to dallas um to the metroplex um but then it was really the slowing down piece um understanding that i wasn't necessarily going to take a shower and go to campus have meetings all day i was going to take a shower and go to my laptop and go to class (laughs) right um so i feel like that was really the first thing with the virus you know it was kind of just like understanding like yes the outside isn't necessarily the same confidence going outside okay
3: donovan what about you um, I definitely think uh, slowing down is a big um, component for sure um, I, definitely in college it's easy to just get caught up with task after task and so once the pandemic hit and I was back home in Dallas um, once I woke up and did my classes for the day I had a lot of time to kill mm-hmm. and so I definitely think that I've grown in a lot of areas throughout this pandemic and like worked on bettering myself in ways because um, just because it seems like it time definitely doesn't stop and so we definitely need to keep bettering ourselves and um, make the most of like whatever opportunity we have.
1: Absolutely. Now were you all, um, and either one of you can answer this, were you frightened by the virus or what was happening since that was not expected? Like what was your emotion, your emotive ability in that regard? Were you like disappointed? Were you scared? What were you thinking? Donovan?
3: Um, I don't think I was ever really scared because, um, this pa- that past semester I actually was like doing a lot better of keeping myself informed with the news and things like that which I hadn't always done throughout college but it just happened to overlap to where I was already kind of like aware that there was a virus like way over in in China but anyways so as it got closer and closer to us I basically uh, found confidence in knowing that everyone was going through this and that there are brilliant minds working behind it and things like that so basically I i found comfort in the fact that i couldn't really control it if that makes sense so it's kind of like um the people who know about it know about it and i can do my part to try and better it but i wasn't afraid because i really get afraid when i have when i feel like i have no direction and obviously a lot of people felt that way but i knew that i could just do whatever i could control so okay
1: and you had a best friend that was over there (laughs) right your best friend was right right he was over
3: there and he he kind of lived it um before us because it hit there first so I kind of knew what to expect um because his he wasn't you know he was still alive and healthy he just was um confined to like a really strict where he could go because he was a a foreigner um there so they had them in a certain area and things like that but yeah so I I knew that it was nothing to be terrified of but that um we things would change and you needed to be responsible and thoughtful Trey what did you think
2: Um, So I mean, like Donovan, I don't think I was initially ever scared. um, But I feel like my my fright came from just the way that seeing the leadership in America handle the situation um because I feel like we could have gone a lot of different ways obviously Donovan having a friend over there there could have been streets being clean different things that could have happened um to keep outside in a more orderly fashion but it hasn't happened here um and I feel like that's where my fear came from because it's just like us moving in there being confined now we're moving into a state of kind of hysteria where we are now but there's not even any science saying that it's gone but people are going outside with no mask on no gloves um because things are opening up for an economic reason um Um, So, like, that was where my fear came from because it's just like, do you want more people to die? Do you want all these people to get sick? Um, Which the thought process that's going into the situation was where my fear came from. And
1: I also think when something is new, it's something unexpected, and we can take this from small level to higher level, that people have different coping mechanisms and coping abilities, right? So, some people exercise denial, which I told a story in the previous podcast, like you don't want to see what you think you might see. So you just pretend like it doesn't exist Um, because that means you're going to have to change a million other things. And we do that all the time every day in different ways, right? We don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to be proven wrong. And um, that's the, whole gist of this podcast is the emotional and mental ability to match whatever is above the waterline. We're kind of below the iceberg on this podcast. And so I would that is frustrating for people. I do want to know what um, so I've had a, a lot of people ask me what young people thought about having to come home and re assimilate within your family system. And so for you all that would be like somewhere because you were away from home when you went to school for four years, you're gone, you're living your life. Some summers, like Donovan doesn't hadn't even come home in the summers because he'd have an internship in different places. So this was like a, um, a disruption, an interruption for him, but it also was something he had not been able to do in a long time. So what was that like for you, Trey, to have to come home and be with your mom and dad? Who, and I wanna say this, I'm asking you this, but we have our lives too. Like we had right. established a life without you all. Mm-hmm. We were excited or whatever. Um, and so I think sometimes maybe you all come home and think, Hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. And we're like, Hey, we're brand new. Like we've been doing a total different game over here right. for the last four years. And so what was that reassimilation back with your family?
2: Um, you know, I kind of look at it in a funny way. I feel like there was definitely two sides to it. Like sometimes it was beautiful. Other times it was not so pretty. Um, but, I just would say like in April, for example, that month, um, because I can recall I had not been at home in the month of April for four years. Um, So just understanding like spending Easter with my family was nice, Um, all that kind of stuff. But the day to day interaction, it was just kind of like understanding how to cope with roommates who are a lot older than me. Um, and then also understanding that yeah, I am their son at the same time, so I still do need to respect my household that I grew up in and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like it was interesting because now I'm not I'm living with my little sister who's also in college now too. Um, so it has been a has been a it's been a fun turnaround. It's been pretty. It's, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I, Trey, I think to you it. just
1: call your parents older roommates.
2: <laughs> I, I mean just,
1: I want to go back and catch that because I know that I heard what I heard yeah, right. Like did you completely. you just refer to them as? You guys are so funny. You're so funny that you call them roommates because this is what I want to say. Like every so everybody's adjusting, right? Right. Everyone has this how this is gonna roll out because your mom is a house represent. Like she's got she's got things to do. She's, exactly. And so then you're now you're back. I don't know if she was cooking for you all and cleaning behind you. I mean I don't even know what that looked like.
2: I mean the food the food has been. A- Beautiful, you know. I've loved it. Oh I've loved, my gosh. I've loved being able this to like is... not have to pay for something and okay. like eat the food. But um, that's been a benefit. But <laughs> Trey, um...
1: <laughs> this is awesome. No, this is great. I love it. Now, Donovan, would well, just hold on a minute, Trey. Donovan, what has this experience been like for you?
3: I think in the beginning it was um, just rough, like with anything getting adjusted to something new. So again, we were invading your new, you know, your life you had without us, and we were trying to create a new life uh, with you guys in it. You know, so, but I think that as time went on, I got a routine and now this is like temporarily the new normal is, is like how I look at it. So I'm definitely adjusted now and whenever things go back, I'll, you know, get a new routine. And so as long as I have a routine that I can kind of have like a rough, um, sketch of like what the day is going to look like, I think that's when I like get more comfortable. So, um, I mean, that's like how I look at it, you know, technically, but obviously the personal relationships of getting to spend time with my family has been great. I'm about to move, uh, like I mentioned earlier, to Oklahoma City, so I wouldn't have gotten this time otherwise to be with my mom, dad, and sister. And my sister's about to move too, so um, we're not going to have a time like this again. So definitely, although the quarantine's been disappointing in a lot of ways, like trying to find what I value out of it um, has been something that I've really appreciated
1: that's great so what do you you should probably tell people that are listening what do you and your sister call this university over here
3: Well, we got it we didn't coin it but it's called it's called the crib university
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they would say things like the food at the crib university is happening like
3: you know like the ras the ras are strict yeah the ras are so strict though Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but
1: it works, you know? So it's been a pleasure. So we want to say that. Okay. So now we're going to jump deep. Now we're going to go. So we were dealing with the virus. We still are dealing with the pandemic. It's like Trey said, it's still happening all the time. So we're going to take a break. We're acknowledging that, but then we're going to move into what else is happening currently in our world. We'll be right back.
0: More conversation on the way from what's on your souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H dot com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls.
1: Okay, this is Mia and we are back. We're sitting on the front porch. It's a beautiful day here. I have the honor of having three special human beings sitting with me and sharing this space and so before the break we were just talking about young college um, young adults coming home and their lives being interrupted and sometimes we put a negative connotation with interruption and disruption uh, because people are uncomfortable with that because we want to know what's coming we want it to be predictable And sometimes the best things in life, especially when you're moving towards reformation, come with resistance and disruption and interruption, and you have to be just ready for it. And so I believe that uh, I certainly can say this for Donovan, and I believe Trey's parents would say this, too, that they've handled it beautifully in some ways. It hasn't been perfect, but neither have we and um, so we're grateful for the good in it. We still hope that people take care of themselves and take precautions because it is still alive and well, and I work on the back end, so I know that people are still ill and people still are dying, and that there are still first responders online who are putting um, their own health at risk, taking care of others, and so I wanna be real about that and to be um, respectful. The next topic that we're going to move into is, I would think, so, Maybe the listening audience hasn't garnered this, but I'll just say it. Both Trey and Donovan are young African-American men. So we talked about them being college graduates and what their future consists of and how much they love their families uh, and being home at the DeCribb University (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it probably is the best university ever. Right, Don? For sure. For sure. So we talked about that, um, but I also would talk about being a young adult and educated and having an awareness of what else is happening in this world, especially behind, um, I mean, we've just had a series of um, interactions with African American people in that context, uh, being fairly mistreated and targeted and traumatized, which is nothing new. And I said this in the previous episode For me, and uh, I do not have the pleasure of kind of dancing around things because as a therapist and the work I do in race and um, restoration, I just have to kind of speak the truth. But it's almost like the bodies have always been in the ocean. They're just all floating atop the surface now and everybody can see it. And so the uh, shock and awe that comes with that. Um, When people have always known that the bodies existed, you have to walk through that process patiently with people in order to move towards uh, change and reformation. But for Donovan and Trey, I would love to know, and now you have the privilege of having an officer uh, of the law sit with you, I would love for you all to ask questions that you've just been thinking about in regards to, maybe, maybe it's George Floyd, I don't know, maybe it's Amy Cooper. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. I don't know where you're going to go with that, and nor do I want to direct that. But I think it's nice to have a person in front of you that will be honest with you and for your thoughts and things to not always be narratives presented by outside external influences for you to do. You know, sometimes you have to, it's nice to have be connected to the source. So what's on your mind in that regard? That you might want to know or dialogue about, Trey, you have something?
2: Um, I mean, I think mine is interesting because it's not—it's ne- not necessarily pertaining to George Floyd, but um, in the aftermath of that, you know, protests started happening, um, and then I'm thinking specifically back to Atlanta. Um, my classmate Masaya Young and his girlfriend Tanaya Young were like pulled out of a car using excessive force, um, tased several times. My whole thing—the only question I wanted to know—is just like the, the thought process that goes in that initial like engagement. Like how? How does? um, What deem something like? I don't know, like dangerous in that sense. In that sense, since you know the the potential of the student not having a weapon, um, I just want to know like where the mind goes in that moment.
4: Well, um, for that particular situation, I don't know. From what I understand, they were disciplined and maybe fired, right? Mm -hmm. The officers that were involved. Um, So. My perspective for that is there was no justification. Yeah. Um, I have had incident incidents where I did have to physically remove someone from a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, in those instances, they were either under arrest for you know variety of things, um, but uh, the the degree that they that they went to, I'm not sure what was going on before that that mm-hmm. preempt, preempted that or what happened in the midst of it you know i have no idea so i can't specifically speak on that situation but um as a police officer the first thing that that we do when we come up to a to a vehicle is we kind of judge what's going on inside of that vehicle Mm and in in a normal circumstance um but and and then my actions are depending on that person's actions i think we were speaking before i said that i in a perfect world i wish that Every traffic stop, I was able, a person, me or a person like me, was able to conduct that traffic stop because I think of myself as a level headed type of person. You know, even on the job, I'm safe, but I'm level headed, you know, Um, and judging your movements um, even down to watching your pulse in your neck, you know, the, the more nervous you are, I'm going to be at a higher awareness. I might not be more aggressive, but I am going to be more alert of what's going on in the car. You know what I mean? But, um, some people, and we were talking about this earlier, some officers may have been, you know, they're taking it out that I would don't know what's going on in their home life, what happened on the call before that. Um, some people in life, they're not able to move from one situation to another without, like you said, taking what's on the soles of your feet into that next situation um, and looking at everything with a, a, a clear perspective. Um, so I don't I don't know what happened in that situation, but I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean,
2: I mean, it did, I mean you, oh, my God, it, it did. You gave insight um, into basically like what an officer sees um, through because like, I mean, I didn't even think about it, but you're looking at a post of somebody's neck, right. um, just the natural Reactions to what's going on which will which will change how you perceive the environment. So I mean obviously I mean I don't condone the excessive force um, But yeah, I mean I definitely can see from your perspective like how that would alter your sight to on the person in the car
1: do you have a question?
3: Yes, okay, so um, Before my freshman year at the University of Oklahoma there was some racist incidents that broke out and so they mandated that everyone coming in no matter like what year you were had to undergo diversity training and so they would yeah it was like an all-day thing i think either you could do it either you could do it um throughout the week like maybe an hour a week but basically for me i went to this uh intro camp and the it was uh, dedicated an entire day to just talking about differences cultural differences and how we um you know go over those hurdles and and navigate that so um it's Do you think that's something? I also um, like, with all this happening, have seen some statistics about how much is required to become a police officer and how many hours you need to put in, and and the overall um, like consensus is that it's lower than you would think as far as time. Maybe I don't know the exact physical requirements and classes, but as far as the hours you have to put in, and uh, do you think that they should incorporate as as far as like uh, troubleshooting for solutions going forward? Do you think they should? Um, integrate those like some diversity classes or how do you think that we can move forward uh, to better educate police officers um,
4: we talked about this in the prior podcast too um, personally I believe we should have some sort of a, um, um, a moderator like a therapeutic um, implementation into the actual training training Academy where I went to training where I had my, got my training it's an eight-month extended course and it's one of the best in the country um, as far as everything around, um, we also talked about some of the people that I was in the training academy graduated, and most of my classmates, our opinion was they should not have. Um, and that happens class after class after class. But the bureaucracy, the, bureaucracy um, the upper echelon, it also comes down to money. You know, we're investing a half million dollars in one person, um, we can't just kick them out, you know? Um, so they give them a chance after chance after chance, where in our opinion, you know, something's not gonna, turn, not gonna pan out when they ter- get turned loose on the street, you know. Um, but um, I don't know. Did I answer your question? What was your question? Well, Sorry. basically, okay. like I, uh, I just to, like reiterate,
3: I guess like uh, we don't live in an ideal world. So ideally, I could go to a university where there wouldn't be any like racist sentiments or anything like that. But right. they you have to account for that. Like that's not the case. So right. you put a class in. Plan to mitigate like how how much how often that would happen. Right. So what can we do? What could we put into place to mitigate how often yeah. these incidents happen on that side?
4: Right. Diversity. Okay. So yes, diversity is part of um, the curriculum. Um, however, knowing that most of the recruits that come to the academy have already graduated college, or in my case, I was thirty years old when I started. And so um, I was, you know, experienced adult in the public, you know. So uh, on on our educated level, it seems like that would be a no brainer that you should already be versed, well versed in diversity, you know. But um, having more, we do have diversity classes, but it's it's limited, you know. It's not because the consensus is you're an adult, you should be able to, you know, um, police yourself, you know, and you know, lack of better words. Um, now. Senator Royce West, a couple years ago, passed a bill, Bill 33, I believe it was, um, that now anybody that goes through, um, so um, not self-defense, uh, defensive driving, or to get your driver's license, all the kids that get their driver's license have to watch this. It's called um, blue, Red and Blue Lights, or something like that. Um, it's how police and citizens interact on a traffic stop. Um, so that was a good step, that, and I think that actually came after the downtown shootings. Um, uh, he, you know, wanted to. He wanted to. Um, yeah, he wanted to find a way to kind of educate police and citizens on, you know, what is to be expected on a traffic stop, um, because a lot of people that get pulled over don't don't know what to expect, and a lot of people don't realize that the state of Texas mandates that it's called a seven-step traffic stop. That we have seven things that we are supposed to do on every single traffic stop. And so that's also implemented in that video. So things like that can help. Um, And I believe they show it in the update classes now at the police academies in Texas. And so just kind of, you know, the steps that they're taking, but you're right, there needs to be more. And it's honestly, it's really sad, like you were were kind of alluding to, that we even have to go that, that far, you know, to be able to treat everybody the right way, you know? Okay, so then I will say because I know we're on the time we're on the time. Sorry. <laughs> we could no,
1: we could do this forever and it's it's fascinating, but we talked about this before in our previous podcast and I want to say this again that this is the this is the reason for this podcast is that it does feel like it does feel frustrating that you have to teach people how to treat people. Mm-hmm. But what we realize and we know this not just talking about the police in all areas of life. Mm-hmm. There are people who have issues that you cannot even see with the eye level. Right. So we always say hurt people, hurt people. And there are people that are drawn to certain professions or certain spots because it allows them to do what they want to do. Absolutely. And so unfortunately, sometimes it's like pouring water in a picture that has a top on it because no one has ever told a person you have to take the top off in order to take the water in. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, whatever is in you is what's going to come out of you if you're not aware of it and if you don't put things in place. Thus, the importance of mental health and emotional uh, regulation training for people, because it doesn't matter what you tell a person, just like you teach on marriage, you teach on parenting, you teach, if you don't know, you don't know. Right. right? And so this becomes the challenge. Okay, we're gonna take a break and we will be right back.
0: While we're having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Embro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at MiaEmbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment. As we wrap up, what's on your souls?
1: Okay, so we are coming to the end of this podcast. It has not been long enough, but I want to end by, I think, asking Donovan and Trey, each of them respectively, to just give their last words of wisdom, like how they see the world, because the beauty of the porch is everyone is looking from a different window as they sit here. And when you are 21 and you've just finished, College, and you have a job. Um, the world looks, you know, bright in some ways, but there are a lot of things going on in our world that can dim that light. And so, if there was one, and um, we don't always listen as older people to what is being said behind us, we always think we know what we know, and it is what it is. But that is the problem: uh, is that it doesn't make room. You know, it's like being a hoarder and not cleaning out your closet. You think you're going to use what's in it, but most of the time you never look at it again, and it doesn't serve you well, and you don't make room for anything new and better. And so hopefully Donovan and Trey are representations of what is new and better, and we want to pay attention to that. So Trey, what would be your wisdom to impart
2: um, and I mean, I think it's something like you were saying something that I read recently. Uh, it was a quote. It said that there's beauty in the midst of struggle. And I see how like this is a massive struggle for the whole country, the whole world. But in the middle of that, like you mentioned, Donnie and I, we both have jobs, just graduated from college. Um, that's the beautiful part in it. Um, and understanding that the country is going to be a completely different country um, when we get back to normal. Um, and that's the beautiful part, because the advancements of technology that we're seeing, allowing people to like, touchless pay, things simple as that are going to keep put us leaps and bounds in the future um and I feel like that's the beautiful part understanding that we're going to a new space and we shouldn't be afraid of it is what I would say
1: that's great so that's about perspective right Mm -hmm. and I think we are so afraid always of suffering and struggle uh, or we're exhausted of it, that we forget that there is beauty in the ashes, but you have to look for it, right? You Sometimes you find what you're looking for. Will you be disappointed? Yes. Will people let you down? Will they annoy you? Will they agitate you? Will you do the same to others? Yes. But in the midst of that, uh, it, it moves on, and so you keep going. So I appreciate that. Donovan, you have a word?
3: Yes. Um, I definitely think that as we move forward just as a country and individuals, we just need to approach each conversation and each um, problem with uh, like love, basically, and and basically be able to be willing to listen to each other, and um, obviously there's a lot of emotion going on. So a lot of frustration is, I mean, reasonable, like it's understandable, but a lot of times our emotions will impede us actually moving forward. So understanding that we are upset, mad, and everything, but we need to approach it in a way that um, we are listening and we are trying to, um, we understand that the truth, the truth and the solution is not all of what, all of like, for example, politically, like it's not all on the left and it's not all on the right. Like it's somewhere in the middle, um, where actually the truth is and that we need a little bit of, um, both perspectives to, to find the solution because kind of similar to coronavirus, like this is a human issue. This is not like, um, just a United States issue. This is not just a China issue. It's, we're all being attacked by something that we're trying to, um, solve as a group. So I just think if we approach it as a team, as, as opposed to me versus you, then I think that we would find a solution quicker.
1: It's great. And so with that seeking to understand suspending judgment, um, and not assigning motive without being educated in that regard and, uh, forgiving e- easily and grace extending, but also knowing that, In our brokenness, it is our responsibility to be aware of our brokenness and to own what our flaws are and our dysfunction and how that sprays on other people and infects them and how we dredge that into spaces. And so that is the only way that that's gonna happen because some people, you tell them to love and they don't know what love is because they have not been loved well. And so you have to make space to learn what you don't know and to be brave in that way. So I think we probably need to listen to these young men and now we're gonna have our officer um, impart us
4: her great wisdom for the world. Um, I second what you just said, Donovan, that um, if we could sit down and listen to one another and try to understand and empathize with uh, what everyone is experiencing, um, then we would be a, a lot better off as a humanity, from a humanity you know, standpoint. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think the problem is we're trying to defend uh, what we feel is right rather than sit down and trying to, you know, at least listen. Um, Even if you don't understand um, where a person may be coming from, um, you've never been in an abusive relationship, so you can't understand abuse, but you can empathize with that person. You know, what would it feel like to be disrespected and dishonored and, you know, judged upon sight? um, those types of things. So maybe, maybe there's hope. I I have a lot of just listening, listening to you, two young men, Mm -hmm. um, in our future. So
1: that's pretty neat. Right. Yeah. So don't, I think the, the takeaway on that is like, don't let people box you in, Right. right. And don't, um, and refuse to just exist in a box. Always know that we are always becoming, we are always growing. There are things we don't know, right. That's how you learn new things but you have to be willing for someone to teach you something without feeling like it means you are less than. I always say this, you can be great and greatly flawed at the same time. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who have a faith, we know that that is the whole, that's the whole story, Mm -hmm. right? If we could do this by ourselves, we would do this by ourselves, but obviously we're poor at that. So uh, we need to pay attention. Okay. This last activity I'm going to do with Trey and Donovan. Mm -hmm. So this is called I am from, And I'm going to give you four prompts, and then you're going to respond to the prompts. Trey, I'm going to have you go first. So, Trey, I am from, and you will list sights, sounds, and smells of your childhood, which is so weird for me to say because (laughs) now you're grown. So, okay, I am from what, Trey?
2: You said sights, sights, sounds, and smells. Correct. Um, Okay, so I guess I can go with the smell at first. Um, So, I am from? Oh, I am from... um, the smell, I would say, uh, would be like apple pie. Um, I'm trying to think, apple pie, probably turkey stuffing, um, <laughs> mac and cheese. Yeah, those are some smells. They just think yeah. of um, food. That's all they do is
1: think of food because that's all we've been doing is cooking for them for the last three months. Um, right?
2: And then, so sight. Uh, I guess I say I'm from sight-wise a skyline. You know, like I could see, I can see Dallas's skyline in my head. Um, clear skies for the most part, some sun. Um, and then I am from a sound, me um, think a sound, honestly, like I would, my first sound that comes to my head is like different church hymns that I go to like on church on Sunday, um, just thinking about different gospel praises, um, different things like that with my parents, my mom, my dad, my sister. Um, but that's really, that's really what.
1: That's good. Okay. I am from, and what, well, I, I feel like you were just obsessed with food in the first prompt, but let's keep going. I am from, what are your favorite foods, Trey?
2: I think I am from, I don't really have like a favorite food, but I have like a favorite type of food, I okay. would say. Um, and I feel like it's definitely because of being from Texas, uh, definitely Mexican food. Like that whole, that whole genre of food, enchiladas, tacos. Um.
1: So you all can't see Trey, you can only hear him, but he is very animated yeah. as he describes <laughs> the food. Like his, like I can feel it with Re-fi. him. Rick, he's lighting up. <laughs> he's lighting Re-fi,
2: up. Re- Refried <laughs> beans, um, rice. <laughs> Uh, queso, a, chips, I yeah, cannot. everything. I mean, that <laughs> is that is definitely, because I mean, when I went to, I mean, just off on a tangent, when I went to Atlanta, I couldn't find any good Mexican oh, food. Man. So, so like, that was, yeah, definitely my favorite. That's my favorite. good.
1: Okay, I am from family sayings or words or phrases that are repetitive in your growing up. Hmm. Be respectful. Be I, know, I know, I know,
2: I know, I'm trying to think. Um... Oh well, I'm from um, obviously. Like I think being about to be 22, like my dad always would say, like I wouldn't understand what he was saying until I was 25. Mm. Um, Mm. So I'm still waiting the three years to understand what he's saying. Yeah, you (laughs) know nothing. That was one I think. um, um, I'm trying to think of one that my mom would always say, but I mean the ones that my mom would say was kind of just like when I wake up in the morning, like chase my dreams, where she would always say, I mean, I have the, I have a picture of that on my mirror that I had in my dorm, so I feel like that's something that she would always say. Um, so I mean, I think I'll go with those two as far as like where that's I'm from. That's
1: awesome, okay. I do too, I love him. And then, I am from words to describe people that you call friends in your life, or people that you admire. Like, these are the consistent traits with these human beings.
2: Um, so I'm from, I feel like the first one, foremost is genuine, just people that genuinely care for me, um, that are in my corner. Um, motivated um high highly driven individuals that have their own path um and i feel like definitely another one is another staple is faith-based they all like all have like some type of faith um and then i feel like the last one would definitely be the i guess they have definitely be innovative like they all different they have different innovators in their own field like they're innovators in theater health science all that kind of stuff so um yeah those would be the the movers
1: and the shakers that's good all right donovan you ready ready okay i am from uh sight sounds and smells of your childhood
3: smells um cocoa butter for sure um those big like (laughs) those (laughs) everywhere um sights would be um honestly just kind of the suburbs like just chilling with my family um Going to soccer games um, for my sister. Um, going to church on Sunday morning. Uh, Sights, smells, and what else? Sounds. Sounds. Him, back with Trey said, hymnals for sure. Just uh, song, music was a big one. Um, my mom, you, are a big music person, so always playing music. And just um, those stuck in my head. And um, having Hayden back home for this time, I've seen like how we both remember the same songs mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's definitely part of my childhood.
1: You guys have great musical taste. (laughs) It is so impressive. I must say, like, since they've been back, like, I didn't know we had done such a great job. Since they've been back from college and we're playing, like, they could be on a game show. Like, we have slayed in that area. Every genre, old school, like, R&B, latest pop, gospel. Like, we're just, I mean, yeah, I'm proud of you, son. That's great. Okay, now I want you to, I am from, I want you to name your favorite foods.
3: Um, I'm from shrimp. I'm a big seafood person, so, yes, but Mexican is a close second. I, I definitely support that. But, uh, so shrimp, crab legs, um, anything, anything. Little from Little bougie sea, boy. Anything. From <laughs> sea, man, that's, 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 that's okay, all I'm saying.
1: Okay, I am from family sayings, things you remember hearing all your life growing
3: up definitely notorious what my dad would say would be be about something so that would just um <laughs> basically just have a have a uh be driven have a purpose don't just be existing um and just kind of floating around like whether that was I could be doing anything I could be playing video games but just be about that video game you know like if you like, like whatever you're gonna do yeah whatever you're gonna do do it um with your full heart and and yeah and see it through anything else and, um definitely don't forget who you are i feel like you've always told me that just to um throughout as you like interact with the world you kind of give a piece of yourself to each place that you're in and each event that you interact with um and people rub off on you too but you need to keep your core um and your and your strong morals for me it's my faith just at my center at all times so um just not forgetting that i can pick up bits and pieces from people but that is what those pieces are revolving around the center that is constant
1: okay okay And then I am from, and you're going to name virtues um, and adjectives that describe
3: people you call
1: friends or that you admire in your life.
3: Um, Good listeners. I'm from good listeners. I'm from from people who fight and who don't give up, Um, so people who persevere. Um, I'm from um, people who inspire, um, and I'm from people who are strong. And funny, and funny people. We are are so funny, I know, we're
1: great. Okay, this has been such a privilege, and I'm sure that we have gone longer than we should have, but it has been so worthy, and it brings so much value to the world, and that is the intent, especially in this moment in time, to show how people can come together collaboratively that are different and can inspire and motivate one another and synergize off of one another and to um, produce love. Because that's what love is, is when you want better for others, not only for yourself, but for others. And so that is our intent. And we hope that everyone has felt safe and well and inspired and that you have learned something uh, and in some way you have found rest for your souls. Until we see you again, take care.
0: As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.